Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. And yes, she is back, the one and only Anna Kelly. Hi, Anna. Hi, so good to see you today. Nice to see you as well. So episode one, we pulled a Ben Ben Bernanke, slow and steady, staying behind. Episode two, we are going to pull a Paul Volcker. Paul Volcker, folks, if you don't know who he is, he's the last guy that beat inflation. He, he broke the back of inflation, as often said. He did that by being uber aggressive with rates. He took the Fed's funds rate all the way to 20% uh, there for a minute. He did, I think he did like 36 rate increases one year. He did rate increases over the weekend. So in this episode, we are going to assume Jerome Powell is a mini Volcker. We're going to say Mar- March. Actually, you know what we'll do? We'll say he's going to come out with a surprise move of half a point sometime between now and the end of February. He'll follow that up with a half a point in March, thus by March 10th, we're at a full point. Uh, we'll say by the end of December, Anna, we are at two and a half percent. So 10 months from now, the Fed is up. Yeah, what is that? 10, they basically had 10 moves, not seven, 10. What do you think that does to the stock market, real estate, commercial economy? Because I suspect it won't be uh, the parties going on like episode one. No, it would be like mass chaos, I think. I think that's too aggressive. I can't imagine them doing it. But if it happened, um, I mean, your your economy comes to a screaming halt. The, the, the rates are just too high and there are too many assets and business loans that, that are going to come due in the next couple of years. And it's a, it would be a shocking increase. Um, so I think things slow down. I think you see business layoffs. I think you see, you know, a correction, not a crash, a, a slight correction in residential housing. Mm-hmm. Um, affordability uh, goes really um, high. Unaffordability rises, yeah. prices yeah. go up, um, affordability problem gap, you know, gets mm-hmm. greater. Um, and I think you have layoffs and I think you quickly go to recession. If, if it were that bad. Yeah. So let's just, again, we're, we'll do, we'll do the, we have a third one coming. This is kind of the extremes, right? Slow mm-hmm. and steady behind the curve versus Paul Volcker fast in, in front of you. So first and foremost, I think he breaks inflation. I think he crushes demand, just crushes demand. And I think the economy goes into a recession, probably a deep and sudden recession. Yes. Uh, unemployment. Let's let's just put it, it is painful, but maybe that's what's required. I think unemployment goes from a reported four percent to eight, nine, ten. I mean, it it it. We will feel that the economy, the citizens will feel that. It will be akin to ripping off the bandaid very quickly. Versus episode one, where you're ripping it off one hair at a time. Right. But um, I don't think I don't. I, kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. Right. Because uh, I don't see this being very likely, but it's at least something we should consider. I do think in this scenario, unlike one, inflation is broken. Yes, I, I think it's 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 broken or close. It's broken much more quickly. You know, I, I still see some issues on the the supply side. Mm-hmm. Um, although, if you break demand enough, the supply chain issues aren't as big of a deal because not many, as many people are waiting for them and buying. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it'll trickle down into impacting the supply side as well, just because you need less of it. So I think it definitely breaks inflation fairly quickly, mm-hmm. um, but I think it definitely breaks other things pretty darn quickly as well. You know, I certainly think other things are broken first. And when I think of this scenario, again, trying to be uber crazy, uh, the NASDAQ, 
which has a lot of valuation in companies that don't produce profit, whacked, whacked. Uh, quick crypto probably racked. Anything that's risk on gets smoked. Right. Right. Then as rates rise again quickly, suddenly real estate transactions stop. Stop. Just stop. Because the move, the jump is so big, the payment shock, and you and I both know it, at least residential is very price inelastic, meaning right. it's very sticky on the way down. Right. So yes, maybe prices are hurt. You know, there's a 10%, 15% movement, but it's months from now. It might even be next year because mm-hmm. the first thing in real estate is transactions. Stop. Refis. Stop. Absolutely. All, the, all that extra stuff that was money going in the system goes backwards. Asset right. prices come down. Um, and again, in my opinion, unemployment up, the economy's in a recession, but in, we're not talking about inflation at 7% anymore. It's two, two and a half, three. Um, so right. you know, h- how bad do you want to break inflation, folks? I mean, I, that's this, you know, these, these are all options that we could do, uh, but this one's very painful. Right, for sure. And, you know, just to give a little bit of perspective, the 30 year was just over 4% yesterday. Yep. with with 0.4 uh, points to get yeah. 4%. So we haven't seen 4% in a really long time. If you go up to six, and again, the Fed rate is not exactly equal to residential real estate rates, but they follow, right? They tend to, which is why they've gone up so much in the last couple of weeks because of the anticipation that the Fed's going to go up half a point. So let's say we're back at 6% interest rates. We haven't seen 6% interest rates t- since 2007. Yeah, well, I believe. Yeah, it's, it's so, cer- certainly been a while. Yeah. So I think initially to the average consumer, it's a major shock. I think to those commercial investors like me that have rates reset that were set at three, three and a half, three and a quarter, and they reset at six, that's almost double your mortgage payment or at least double the, the interest. So those things make less buyers want to buy at those rates and it can reduce values in properties for sure. Oh, yeah, that's why I wanted to break residential and commercial in this scenario specifically. I think residential stops, right, the 30-year. Because, again, if you're in a two and a half or two and three quarter, you're good. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't matter, right? You're good to go. Right. But if you have a commercial loan reset in the next two or three years, and now the 30-year or the 25 or whatever you can get is six, where, where I mean, where are cap rates of the interest rate six? There's a lot of discussion, you know, people that are very adamant one way or another that cap rates go up or cap rates come down. But essentially, if if I want to make the same profits tomorrow as I make today, um, and I'm not making as much profits on things I buy today that I did two years ago, right? If your your mortgage payment is the largest expense, oftentimes in anything you do. And so if the affordability doesn't allow me to make the same profit because rates are higher, then I'm going to want to pay less for that asset. So I believe cap rates will go up and asset prices will come down. Again, if you're a long-term buy and hold investor, no big deal. I don't care if the value of my properties come down a little bit mm-hmm. unless they come down when, when the, the term is up and I got to refinance the property at a higher rate, right? So um, you got to keep up with rents. If everything else is going, you better be raising your rents. You better have cash set aside so that if you have to come to the table when you got to refi your property and that term is over, mm-hmm. that DSCR isn't there anymore. And, and for those of you that, that don't know, basically when you buy commercial, you're promising the bank that you will keep your income above the debt by a certain percentage. And when they look at your tax returns every year, or when they want to reset the note, 
if your income doesn't cover that mortgage payment by that same 125%, let's say, suddenly your property's unstabilized, they can call the note or they'll make you put money in so that their mortgage payment is down. So you still have that, that buffer. That's a huge piece people don't talk about that if this happens, there's real risks that people lose commercial properties. Yeah, I agree. And let's not forget one thing in this uber scary scenario, which again, we are not calling for, we're just playing a fancy what if game. Rents for the first time in my 21 years may come down, right? I've had rents flat for five years. But if we get into this environment where we go from record occupancy to eight, nine, 10% unemployment, your rent collection is not going to be as good. Uh, mm -hmm. You may have to give deposit, you know, half off deposits. Your effective rent will probably be lower. And I suspect no rent growth. I mean, that's the big thing that a lot of people are planning for today, which I think is so foolish, right? Multiple years of these record rent growth. Yes, I understand Miami and Austin had 30% rent growth. I suggest not planning for that again, right? This right. is just things to think about. Yeah, I agree with you completely. You know, right now I'm raising rents more than I have raised rents in a long time because I have to. Our taxes, my my tax, my municipality, one of them was one of the first to raise taxes. Guess what? This year, 18% increase. Oh. In, in a in a well health, you know, a well-run healthy area. Um, but they're 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 like, let's do it now, right? While people have wage growth and can afford the taxes. Mm -hmm. So you have to raise rents now, but I'm assuming in everything that I underwrite, Michael. Zero and zero. And I, then I, I, I stress test it. What if inflation is four and rent growth is zero? Can I still cover that debt? Can I still cover it with the same slush? So you've got to be really conservative to realize inflation is bad. It's as bad as it's been in 40 years. The Fed mm -hmm. is going to raise rates and they will be aggressive. You know, how fast and how aggressive, we don't know. Um, but these are things that you better be thinking about and, and figuring out how do I hedge it just mm -hmm. in case. Yeah, I hope yeah. for the best, but you know, I, I will tell you this and in, in my analysis of recession analysis and how I make my payments and my break even, I'm not assuming a 2% bump. A 2% bump might hurt me a little more. So <laughs> this conversation makes me a little nervous, right? But I do think we have to anticipate at least a point, point and a half over the next year and a half, probably. Yeah, I, I, I certainly think that. And this is folks, this is why you want, if you are an accredited investor, you should be reaching out to Anna Kelly because I see lots of deals like this. And let me just say 90% of the stuff that I get pitched have 5% rent growth for multiple years. And I think that is foolish. And 3% um, expense growth. Yeah, it's like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> and record yeah. occupancy, folks. I see a recession coming. Uh, we're going to paint the... In our third video will be the scenario that I think is coming. Uh, so we will do that. But before we do, Anna, how can people find you? Great. You can follow me here every week. You can find me on social, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Anna Kelly, REI Mom. And if you are an accredited investor and you want to invest in conservative multifamily <laughs> investment properties, you can find me at greaterpurposecapital.com. Awesome. Thanks, Anna. Thank you.